What is up, y'all? This is DWC, episode 10, week 10 of the NFL, getting over a whole or a half of a season. Have half a season left and then playoffs and then the Super Bowl is going by fast. So hopefully you guys can stay with us on this ride and listen to the episodes and give us your opinions and hopefully we can smash some bets because we've been in a fucking drought, boy, ever since that first TD bet. But make sure that you guys can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts and everything else that we're out on. I think Amazon Music and all that. And follow us on Twitter, DWC, or at DWC2022. And on Instagram, at Defense Wins Championships 2022. We're going to go ahead and get into the noteworthy games. We got four of them. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start off with the Vikings and the Falcons. Man, I've been shitting on Josh Jobs all year. I will say I've been a little unfair to him. But it was more or less because the Browns fans said we needed to keep them to be relevant, which that also is not true. But what a fucking game by that man. Mm-hmm. He didn't even practice with the team. He didn't know any of the he didn't know any of the playbook. There was even reports that well, not even reports. Kevin O'Connell came out and said he was relaying routes and how the play was run literally while he was in the huddle. That is the most that is one of the most wild performances of a QB I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, there were literally videos of him doing snaps and getting cadences with his O-line, like just so unprepared. And to be able to get this victory is fucking insane. It does help, I think, that um he is mobile, like when in doubt, you can just run for fucking eight yards like they had no spy or any kind of help on that so he was able to run for like 10 plus yards each pop and score and he was he was killing it bro this is just it's more and josh yeah josh Dobbs, he was uh offensive player of the week in the nfc like well deserved uh josh Dobbs has been on both of our teams my team longer than his team and i've always been a fan of josh Dobbs. um in the nfl wasn't really a fan and because he went to Tennessee, but um, that shit was fun. I just remembered of him in Tennessee when he did that. Uh, was it against you or was it against us when he like jumped over the line and like he reached down with the ball and it like just spiked the ground because he got hit so hard? Yeah, mm-hmm. that shit was funny as hell. Um, but I'm glad that this happened so we can see. So us at DWC can watch the turmoil that will unfold with the Falcons. I love seeing these kind of losses that happen to the Falcons. I have Falcons fans. I have no quarrel with you. It's just, it's just how you guys are ran. I hate how you guys are ran. And it just pisses me off. And yeah. I get that from like people and like hating the Steelers fans. Cause we get wins when we've been out gamed every single time. But yeah, it's just I'm just I'm just here for the Arthur Smith downfall. I mean, this this game is like inexcusable for Arthur Smith. Like no matter yeah. what people want to say about it, he just lost to a QB that didn't take any practice snaps whatsoever. He got to the team three days before the game. 
unbelievable. And and not only that, in the first half, Josh Dobbs gave um gave the Falcons at least six points or five points, I think, because he got a safety on his third possession of the game. And mm-hmm. then he fumbled it on his fourth possession of the game, and that led to five points for the Falcons. I will say, um, Heineke played horrible. Yeah. He looked bad consistently in the game. To not be able to separate in this game was strictly on him, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He was missing easy throws, missing easy reads. I mean, he missed 17 passes and he threw it 38 times. His QBR was 33. <laughs> he he did not look good. Obviously, Bijan needs to get more touches. We get that. Um, I mean, we really you and I you and I have been talking about it. Ritter is not that good. We were like, oh, it's an it's an obvious upgrade. The Heineke is going to be um, better for the receivers and the weapons that they have to be able to hit them. Mm-hmm. And he just flat out was not this game. So I'm going to eat my words on this one. And <laughs> I think the Falcons are in trouble because Heineke's not much of a better option than Ritter is. I know it's yeah. a one-game sample size, but it's either he's not as good as um, we thought he would be or the Vikings' defense is a little bit better than what we at first thought. Yeah. Um, I think... It does help that you have a great defensive mind on that side and Brian Flores. Um, it's all it's always gonna be good that you are game planning against like a, a Heineke who's a gambler who like instead of throwing it out of bounds, he'll try to make a tight window throw or try to throw it up for grabs, um, which really helps uh with your defense. I think the Vikings defense has gotten better um from when they first started. And I think that's all uh, contributed to Brian Flores and his mind. So there's just a full-on dismantle of the Falcons and the Vikings are still still keeping it keeping it in, keeping it close. They're getting these wins, and when they five need and to, four, Jettis comes back. So I think it'll be all right. Four four straight for them. I think so. They're five and four. They're right back in the division race. And it's unfortunate that Kirk Cousins is no longer yeah. able to play because they are legitimate threats to the Lions if they have him. Now, Josh Dobbs is going to last three to four weeks, give or take, until people get film on him for the Vikings, and then it's just going to be a drop-off in my opinion. But Josh Dobbs has shown all year that he is he at least can make a team competitive. Mm-hmm. And he's got a mega brain to be able to even go out there and just perform without True. seeing the playbook at all. He did so, graduate well this week. He did graduate with his uh, aerospace engineering degree. So shout out Josh Dobbs. Yeah. Good fucking game from him. My lord. Honestly, Arthur Smith, like that's a fireball offense losing a game like that. <laughs> I'm not just being a hater. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you I definitely would fire my coach if he was losing that i mean josh does it's it's funny seeing like how you view players and then how they're viewed fantasy ranking wise because josh Mm -hmm. josh Dobbs right now is top 10 fantasy quarterback in position ranking 
and that's fucking insane. Well, that's that to me is like the like of course he is because he can run, he gets rushing touchdowns. That's why people like I feel like the average fan values stats more than like impact on the field in general when it comes to QBs because for a long time, remember when Kyler Murray had like two or three years in a row of always a top five QB in fantasy, but it never translated to actual like record on the field, right? Mm-hmm. It's because of his play style and obviously the pass first offense and he could rush in for a touchdown and he could run with his legs. I didn't pick Anthony Richardson in all my leagues because I thought, oh, he's the best QB ever. He's going to win a bunch of games. I did think they would win a few with him, but I knew he would get rushing attempts at the goal line. And that alone can propel you to top 10 in fantasy QB play. Yeah. Because six points is way more than four for a passing touchdown. But that's just that's just how people see it. I feel like the average fan sees that, and they just start running with it, to be honest with you. Speaking of fantasy QBs, though, let's move on to the next game. The Houston Texans beat Tampa Bay 39-37 to in probably the most entertaining game of the day, which not many people probably expected. I'm sure we were shitting on this game just a week ago in our mm-hmm. podcast episode saying we're not very interested in this. C.J. Stroud had 470 yards and five touchdowns. What in the world did we watch on Sunday? Yeah, it is crazy. The fucking Texans. I think Texans, I think it's solidified Texans have their quarterback of the future. This is a franchise quarterback. Um, I think this is the runaway favorite for the rookie offense player of the year. Um, CJ Stroud is him. I, I've been a fan uh, since I saw him. Um, I don't really like too many Ohio State players, but Watching CJ Stroud, I thought that he had the gifts and everything that was put out on him before the draft, all the negative stuff on that, whatever test that he did terrible at, that people were thinking, oh, is he going to be good? Is he going to be him? But I think the Texans, from where they they were drafting-wise, I think they had the most complete team that would help uh, incoming like rookie QB. Um, and these we- these weapons are sneaky good. Nico Collins, Tank Dell, um, Noah Brown had like a 75-yard touchdown. So Dalton Schultz did great, um, and I've always been a Dalton Schultz fan. But this team is, this team is nasty. This team is lit, um, especially in the division, the AFC South. There's no reason why they can't be competitive in their division for the year. Game out for the playoffs. Yeah. They're they're nice. I'm a I'm a fan of the Texans. Um just just uh just the game that the fucking ears lost. I don't know what's really going on internally with that, but I mean you're letting a rookie QB hang thirty plus on you guys. I mean it happened to my team too, so I guess it just happens, but <laughs> um Caught you. They caught him slipping. We picked. Uh, we picked. The, we picked the Buccaneers, right? We did. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the Texans had slump. Yeah, the Texans were in a kind of a slump. They just lost to the Panthers. It just shows you week to week. You just never fucking know. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy when you look at everything. The the teams had like the same amount of snaps. 
same amount of drives. The difference is the passing. Like CJ Stroud had almost a hundred. No, he almost had two hundred more yards than Baker did. I mean, their third down efficiency was horrible. The Buccaneers were three of thirteen, and the Texans were three of eleven. If I just looked at that stat, I was probably like, "All right, they probably weren't driving. They probably didn't have many touchdowns, right?" No. Mm-hmm. The second half was straight fireworks. It was 20 points from the Buccaneers and 29 points from the Texans. Like, what in the world? The Texans only punted on one possession in the second half. It was touchdown, 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 punt, touchdown in the second half. That is ridiculous. Also, side note, the Texans lost their kicker this game. So, I think the field goal in the third quarter or fourth quarter... Yeah, early in the fourth quarter was kicked by a – am I tripping? Wasn't it kicked what? by their punter or – No, it was kicked by their, like, backup running back. Yeah, you're right. It was a backup and running back. And he was back. doing all the, like, kickoffs and stuff. Because, like, because we were – I was, like, half watching, half not watching the game. So I would, like, look over because I was watching the Browns, of course, and – um. It would be every time they show up, they were going for two. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Every time. It wouldn't make sense at all. It was just like, oh, they could tie it up without having to go for two. But mm-hmm. they did it like three times in a row. And then when I finally turned the game on, it was like, oh, their kicker's hurt. And then he ended up kicking like a 38-yarder or something. I felt like it was a pretty good kick. Let me see what it yeah, was. It wasn't bad. I mean, it just everything just was... Um, it was 29-yard field goal by their backup running back. Yeah, it was just That's everything. So funny. <laughs> everything was just working for the Texans late in the in the game, and they pulled out the win. Shout out to Texans. Yeah, C.J. Stroud broke the record for yards, right? Mm-hmm. By a rookie in a game. By a rookie in a game. Tied the record for touchdowns. I think so. Yeah, the, for some reason the touchdown records are so absurd that I feel like they're just never going to get broken. <laughs> yeah, 147 passer rating, 77 QBR. And you know what? I can't even fault Baker for losing this game. Like he had a he had a I guess you could say almost game-winning drive at the end of the game that put yeah. him up. He did his job. He went down the field. They scored to take the lead. And then in 30-something seconds, C.J. Stroud throws three strikes right down the field for a touchdown. 40 seconds, six plays. Like, what? Unbelievable. One of the best performances, maybe best rookie performance I've ever seen in my life. Um, all right, let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles won 28-23. to Man, I really think Dak and the Cowboys deserve to win this game. I know Nick is going to hate hearing me say that. But Dak outplayed Hurts, in my opinion. Do you think that's valid? Yeah, it's weird that, like, it's always weird seeing games like this where you're like, damn, like, the other team should have won. And I just think if there were, I mean, thank God there's not, but if there were, like, more quarters, for like a longer time, I've been. I would have put money that the Cowboys were gonna win the game. Yeah, um, it's not. 
to me, especially since they're going to see each other later, to me, it's not that bad of a loss for the Cowboys. Um, I just don't think they they just didn't have enough time. And yeah, Dak, Dak the past couple of games has really gotten it together and he's been finding his weapons. Uh, CD Lamb has been really good. And I think the pass attack for the Cowboys is doing really well. Um, not so much the run game. That's still, I think, an issue with Tony yeah. Pollard not being what they thought he he would be after uh, letting Zeke walk. So, but the the passing, the passing from the Cowboys has been elite from top to bottom, from wide receivers and tight ends. Um, Eagles just got <clears throat> Eagles just proved that they're still the best team in the league, um, beating the tough opponents and. They're still getting it done with poor or poor QB play, and they're still finding out ways to win. Um, and yeah, just just two division game or a division game between two rivals. Uh, they'll see each other later. So I think later when they see each other, I think it'll be like a lot more sparks than what happened for this game. Started fast. Yeah. I thought it was going to continue that way. Yeah, I think uh, – I really do think the Eagles know just how to win close games. I mean, they know how to finish. Uh, unlike most teams in the NFL, obviously it shows with their 8-1 record. And it hasn't come easy by any means. No. The Cowboys, that two-point conversion Dak stepped out on, so close. I really do think if he hit that – didn't step out. They got the two there. They were only down three points. And then on that last drive, all they had to do was kick a field goal. I do think yeah. they go to OT and probably win that game. Uh, yeah, Just it was unfortunate. so unfortunate. Yeah, game of inches. And that's why the NFL is so good. So fucking good. Peak. Peak fucking football. I mean, the time of possession was split even in this game, 30 to 29. Cowboys had almost 100 more yards. Dak had about 150 more, 170 more passing yards than Jalen Hurts did. You're right, though. I do think the Cowboys don't have a balanced attack this year. I think their mm-hmm. passing game is way above their rushing, which is rare for the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, does, does well for my fantasy team. I have Dak. Finally yeah. have a consistent quarterback. Yeah, the Eagles are weird. They're just a weird they – just, they just know how to – Win the close ones, I guess. But they really didn't do anything in the in the second half. No, they scored two touchdowns and then kind of shut it down after that. (laughs) Man, that's gonna bite them in the ass in big games. Because it really felt like the Cowboys had three or four opportunities at the end of that game to finally take the lead. Mm-hmm. I felt like there wasn't much time left, but then again, the Cowboys just kept getting the ball back with time. I was like, what is happening? It's like the Eagles want to lose. And then the final drive, they had like four penalties on them that just marched them right down the field. I was like, are yeah. the Eagles trying to lose this game? I don't know. Weird game. I think the Cowboys might be a little bit different in the playoffs this year. I hate uh, saying Cowboys, that. Cowboys fans would love hearing you say that. I know. I don't. I hate the Cowboys. I've always <laughs> said they're frauds, but I don't know if they look good in Philly. I didn't expect for them to perform like that in Philly. I did pick mm-hmm. the Eagles to win. So, just a interesting game. 
Hurts needs to be a lot better for them to be winning anything in the playoffs. In my yeah, opinion, a lot more consistent. Yeah, he needs to be more consistent for sure. All right, let's go to the final game on our noteworthy games. Let's say headlines. Uh, the Bills at the Bengals. The Bengals won 24 to 18. The score to me is a lot. It looks a lot closer than it actually was. It felt like this game was over at halftime. How do you feel about this game? Yeah, speaking of not peak football, just fucking the Bills and the Bengals. Um, <laughs> it just, yeah, it just was sad. It was just sad watching. Like, I feel bad for the Bills fans out there just knowing, like, you will never, when it matters, you won't be able to beat. The Bengals or the Chiefs, <laughs> like it's crazy. Um, I really thought that the Bills could actually get like get this one out and be able to ex- to excel and prove that they're a competitive team. But it's just I don't know what they're doing with their fans. It it just seems so discombobulated to me. And they will get some drives where they're like marching down, and then other drives that are just like the play calls are terrible, or Josh Allen's being too much of a hero. Um, it does. I do think that the only good thing about this offense uh, and their play from last or from Sunday night was that uh, they have their tight end. I think Dalton Kincaid is their tight end for. Oh, he's good. He's a great uh, addition. I when they got him, I thought he'd be really good. And I don't, I don't know what they're gonna do with if they're just gonna keep Dawson Knox. But I think Dalton Kincaid needs to be the starter, even when Knox does come back. I think he's done more than enough to secure his spot as the starting tight end. Um, Bengals are getting back in form. It's gonna be scary for the leagues, scary for the AFC, um, especially the AFC North because we all still have to play them later on in the season. Steelers have to play them twice. Um, We're going to catch them in stride, and they've been silently winning a lot of their games over the past weeks. Um, Despite And they can beat you anyway. They can run the ball. They can throw it if Jamar Chase only has 40 yards. T. Higgins will have, like, 90 to 100, and tight ends get involved. it's they can beat you from all facets. Defense locks in in the clutch. I think they're really uh, turning this around um, with all their injuries and everybody coming back. Um, I know that Jamar Chase hurt his back, so I don't know how he'll do in next week's game. Didn't practice today. It's Wednesday, yeah. by the way. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean anything. No, or at least a designation. But he hurt his back. He was on like a heating. Uh, pad on his back to get back into the game. So I don't know how he's going to do or if he'll play. But Bengals, Bengals are coming back. This is the perfect time for them to come back. It's anybody's game in the AFC, really. A lot of people lose to a lot of people. Um, the really good teams lose to bad teams. Yeah. So this is this is anybody's conference to take. Yeah. It's almost like the Bills are bad unless Josh Allen is perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, like, has to be what everyone says he is every single game, or they just don't live up to the hype. The Bills' defense, I know it's injured, 
I have to tell myself sometimes because of this the success that the Browns have had on Joe Burrow and those receivers in general. Mm-hmm. I have to tell myself like because I sit there and I watch those games and I'm like, dude, everyone is open all the time. Like in that Bills game, it was like Joe Burrow. I mean, the only time he missed is when he was pressured, right? Like he yeah. was not missing because the guys had like five yards of separation. I have to remember that not every team has four DBs that can line up with anybody on the field. Like, yeah, I'm like, holy shit. And sometimes I take that for granted. Like the Browns have four guys that can actually man up with people. And I'm like, the Bills, with all the depth issues that they have going on right now, they have to sit in zone. And it is when you sit in zone against Joe Burrow, it is like fucking picking fish out of a barrel. Like, actually. Yeah. It is hard to watch. I'm just like, they're not stopping this team. Every time the Bengals got the ball, I'm like, the only way they get stopped is a bad play call from Zach Taylor. Like, that's it. And it's a, it's like unfortunate, but like, Man, I feel like this window is closing for the Bills. Yeah, I feel like McDermott's run is coming to an end almost. You can't really say the window's closing necessarily because they will have Josh Allen for like another, what, 12 to 15 years probably. He's still so young, so you can still start a rebuild with him again, which is the good thing. But you need to find the right coach. I think McDermott's time is almost done there. Do you think... Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, realistically, it would be, it wouldn't shock me if they moved. It'd actually be a more, like, progressive uh, take if they do move on from McDermott. Um, They've just been super unlucky with injuries. I just feel like, um, oh, my God, what's his name? What's his name from the, the corner from the Bills? Oh, my God. Tredavious White? Yeah, Tredavious White is always injured. Yeah. He's always injured, like, midseason. He's always out. Um, so they have been getting hit with injuries a lot, but sometimes it's nice to get a new face into the uh, into the team and new voices, especially – if you're going to um, move forward with Josh Allen, um, regardless of the gripes that I have against Josh Allen, I think he's too much of a gambler. Um, I still think he is a franchise quarterback. So I think you need to be able to tend to that. And I don't think that their OC um, is doing that. And I don't think that, the way the OC runs things, how Josh Allen centric it is, I don't think that is very sustainable, especially for someone that is a gambler like Josh Allen. They got no, to me, they got no creativity in the run game at all. Yeah. Like 0.0. I halfback dive or they just don't run at all. It is just, it is painful to watch. It's like if Josh Allen doesn't throw it 40 times and run himself like eight to 12 times, it's just, there's no movement on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. But the reason he has, like, I get it. Like he has the most turnovers the last, what, like the last four years or something. Mm -hmm. But he also handles the football more than anyone else in the league. He throws it more than anyone else in the league. Like, of course he's going to have more turnovers and stuff. 
Yeah, they need to bring in someone to make it more balanced because you're only hurting your chances. People are getting frustrated on the team. um, Or you're going to hurt Josh Allen because he's doing so much. I mean, you can't do all that for 18 or 17 games. Like, that's impossible to be able to do that for multiple years and not come back with an injury. I mean, he's always Nick, too. He plays through it, but it obviously affects his play when he does get injured. So they just need to figure out better place to run because teams, if, like, he can't get going and you can't cover Stefan. If you can cover Stefan and um, you can stop Josh Allen, um, just it's wraps. That that's when you get the Bills scoring like seventeen to twenty points. Yeah, Instead of you know we've seen them score forty, high thirties. Um, so I think it's all matchups. If you're able to stop them, you'll beat the Bills. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think the Bills, I mean, they might slip out of the playoffs this year. You never know. It seems it's hard for me to, like, actually say I'm confident in them not making the playoffs, but they still do have Josh Allen. So they can be in any game. They can win in any game. We'll see what happens with them. As far as the Bengals go, I think really the only thing holding them back is Zach Taylor in terms of play calling. Because, like, when you see production like Joe Burrow had on – Sunday night, 31 of 44 for 348. You were you probably think, oh, they got more than 21 points, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no, they don't. <laughs> a few mismanaged fourth downs where they decided to punt instead of go for it. He's just too conservative, man. Yeah. I fully believe he can manage a team. Like, he's done well being the CEO of the team. But when it comes to play calling, he needs to find an OC and let him and Joe Burrow work. Because I, because Joe, like, it amazes me. I think Joe Burrow's great. And they still only score like 24 points a game. Like, in the peak of Mahomes and Josh Allen, hell, even Jalen Hurts, like, they're scoring more than 20 points a game, right? Mm hmm. Like the offensive production is so much higher on those teams, and I think the one outlier there is Zach Taylor, unfortunately, and that is why I firmly believe they're not going to win anything important until they get rid of him. Until they get rid of McDermott? No, Zach Taylor. I was talking about the Bengals. Oh, Bengals. Oh, okay, I was like, no, I actually thought McDermott was a fairly good coach. He kept the team together. He put the defense together. The defense was good for years. Just injuries plagued them. I don't. The Bills are a whole nother story. Bengals need to get a play caller. Zach Taylor needs to stay. I think he runs the team well, but he yeah. needs a play caller. He needs to hand off the play calling. It's like the complete opposite of him and Stefanski. Stefanski, I think, should keep calling plays. I think Zach Taylor needs to give it up. But McDermott, I mean, he's the one. McDermott's the one calling plays on defense this year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's always been a defensive guy. I don't think Ken Dorsey is the right choice for OC. I mean, we'll see what happens there, but I think his time is about to run out if they can't make noise this year in the playoffs. Yeah, if they can't, if they can't get past the first round, I mean, they're 
they're not even in it right now. They're not in it right now. But I'm no. saying, in general, they need to be able to beat. I mean, you're not winning the AFC unless you can beat Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes, and they haven't proven they can beat either of those teams. I mean, is that coaching? Is that Josh Allen? Is it play calling? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I will say, and obviously, like, I'm a fan of uh, Brian DeBull or Dabble. Um, we did that all last year. <laughs> <laughs> I still do it. It's just whatever whatever comes to mind. I say either or. Um, when he was on the Bills, he got that shit together. He got that shit locked down for Josh Allen and the plays that they're running. Yeah. So I just don't. I just. I just think their OC just is not. And I mean, it stands to how good Brian was because he's a head coach. I mean, he's a head coach of a dumpster fire right now, but I don't think that's his fault. So I don't think Dorsey will get head coaching calls. Um, for his work in Buffalo. So I think they need to go a new direction. Um, you can, as long as you, the sweet spot for it's on either other side, the sweet spot is just getting that fucking guy that's locked in on defense or offense as a coordinator and then having the head coach be the other. So just trying to find that sweet spot of coaching is super hard. Um, not a lot of people can do it. Um, so the Bills are going to have to make some changes, especially, I mean, obviously, I don't think every, how it looks right now, all the AFC North teams are going to, are in the playoffs. Obviously, that's not how it's going to be. But if the Bills are on that cusp or they don't make it, some serious changes are going to be made. And you'll hear from, from a lot of players. Yeah, I mean, how many head coaches call their own plays? I mean, I can think of Andy Reid, Stefanski, Kevin O'Connell. Zach Taylor, Sean McVay. It has to be less than 50% of the teams, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that shit is ridiculous. It's like impossible to manage the game while you're so focused on scheming and adjusting mid-game. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you have to be a super genius or something. How do you maintain all of that at the same time? And only some of them are like great at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely impressive. The Bills need to look in a mirror and find themselves, or it's going to get rocky here in the next few weeks. <laughs> they don't have an easy schedule, I don't think, because I actually haven't looked, but I would assume they have a top 10 schedule in the league. Yeah. All right. That was our noteworthy games of the week. You ready to move on to the headlines? Yeah, we got a we got a jam-packed headline right here. We do have a jam-packed headline. Um, we'll start with the QB changes. Will Levis was named the full-time starter in Tennessee, and you and I were a year too early on the Tannehill and Rabel breakup. Mm -hmm. We predicted it last year. It happens what nine weeks into this season. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't Malik Willis, it was Will Levis that took Tannehill's spot, and he was named the starter actually today, full-time now. Tannehill is a backup for good now. As he should. This, is, this has been a long time coming. Uh, if I was a Titans fan, 
I would probably be getting everybody shots at the bar. Uh, Will Levis <sighs> is looking like, for right now, the Titans quarterback for the future. Um, we've all we've had our bias against Will Levis because he played in Kentucky. Um, me personally, I'll be honest, I didn't really see much from Will Levis. He has a fucking cannon, and he's tough as hell. And I think that is so. When he got drafted by the Titans, I think that's perfect because. Brable's all about toughness, and I think that him and Brable get along. I think they're both the same guy. So, uh, and from what I saw when he played against Pittsburgh, he was staying in for the pl- for the passes. He was taking shots. Like he's a he's a tough he's a tough dude. So I will give Will Levis his props. Um, I'm just so glad I don't have to see 17 out there on the field fucking it up for the Titans. Um, and doing dumbass shit. And I think that this is perfect. Uh, Ryan Tannehill um, said that, I know he said this week that he was going to mentor Will Levis. Uh, I don't really need to learn anything from Tannehill. But, Damn. <laughs> but it is contradicting because... Contradicting That's true hating. Because right he was like... I think in the beginning of the season, he was hating. He was like, I'm not mentoring anybody. Like, anybody that comes in, I'm not mentoring. That's not my job. That's not That's a waste of my time. So it is weird seeing that he's going to mentor Will Levis now. Probably an upstairs decision. Like, yo, he can't be doing that dumb shit. So, <laughs> Damn. Shout out Will Levis. I'm just so glad that Ryan Tannehill's not on the field anymore. If you can't tell, I do not like watching Tannehill play. Yeah, well, along He's the lines, close. yeah, along the lines for QB still, Daniel Jones tore his ACL. He actually played a snap with his ACL torn. Um, I knew what it was as soon as I saw it because my dad's had a bunch of ACL injuries, and he says you can move straight line, but as soon as you try to cut, you're gonna fall, and that's exactly what it looked like on live TV. That's crazy. Dan- yeah, Daniel Jones. I mean, you can walk, you can run straight, you just can't like cut side to side your leg just gives out daniel jones tours acl i think it was early in the game second quarter mm-hmm. maybe um but tommy devito is now named the starter for the giants he's an undrafted rookie and this is the first time in nfl history that 10 rookie qbs have started in a season 10 just to name a few actually i'm gonna name all of them fuck it bryce young cj stroud anthony richardson Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Aiden O'Connell, Tyson Badgett, Will Levis, Clayton Toon, Jaron Hall, and Tommy DeVito have all started games for NFL teams this year. You're gonna, I didn't think you are going to butcher any of those. Baggant. Tyson <laughs> Baggant. That's you're the one I – yeah. Um, but, I mean, some of these, obviously, we knew they were going to start, like Bryce Young, Stroud, AR. Um. Everyone else, though, like those three we knew for sure. Everyone else we did not think we'd be seeing any time. Maybe Will Levis, depending on how you saw him in the draft. Um, Thank God, Will Levis. Yeah, but I mean, uh, it's been a long time since rookie QBs have made this big of a splash, in my opinion. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, AR. Aiden O'Connell has even had two good uh, debuts. Will Levis has had two good debuts. Jaron Hall was playing great until he got knocked out of the game. Yeah. Tyson um, Tyson has surprised me. 
Yeah, I mean, all of them have kind of made a splash except for DTR and DeVito. DTR was put in an unfair advantage, and Tommy DeVito probably shouldn't either be a starter in the NFL, no. to be completely honest with you. But all the others, like, the rookie QB play has been very good this year, in my opinion. Yeah, it's. I think that's just how it's going to be, along with, like, how it is in basketball. The younger guys are cooking, and I think with more and more... The takeover? Yeah, the takeover. More and more um, starting someone early and getting them into the mindset early, I think really helps and pays dividends later on for QBs. And especially if you're paired with good offensive minds, a good good play calling, good team, I think that they're going to continue to succeed. Um, season season three of DWC is going to be fireworks i think i think this is a good um like super debut um what is that called news not, not even like a news flash uh my god well, what am i thinking of what what do you oh surprise god why can't i think of surprise surprise what um, <laughs> dwc season three will be on camera I will be getting a video camera. I will be recording live on YouTube, I believe. YouTube, maybe YouTube and Twitch. I don't know yet. Um, you can do both. So it just depends on PCs and whatnot. But yes, yeah, so I think the the new season, season three, is going to be crazy with the QBs coming in. And we're going to see season, we're going to see year two of these rookie QBs, at least the ones that have been, you know, the starter, starter ones. Yeah, so I think it's going to be crazy. Um, I think the Giants, I think after this Daniel Jones injury, um, I think it's the Giants are like, okay, it's time for a new. I, it's going to be, it's going to be awkward, but I do think they need. How to do you do that though? After you just signed him, I know who's going to pick up that contract. Like Sometimes we've seen it to bite the fucking bullet, bro. I mean, yeah, you can bite the bullet, but I mean. Most NFL owners won't because of the fact that even if they draft a QB next year, obviously they're not paying that QB much. Yeah. Um, but you're still paying a guy to sit on the bench for $140 million, $40 million mm -hmm. a year. Mm -hmm. Like there's no way they're going to accept that. Someone's going to have to – they're going to have to ship him off and eat some of his contract, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He probably won't be a giant, but – there's no way. Yeah, but I think that I think it's time. Just for just for Brian's sake, because every time, isn't it? Like anytime you look at a Giants game or watch a Giants game, he's always just looking at his QB or someone on his offense. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Or yeah. he's just like red as a tomato. Like, yeah. please, like for the sake of Brian's fucking health and his blood pressure, we just we just need some stability in New York. They were like, to me, the Giants last year were a lot like the Vikings. They were winning a lot of close games. A lot of shit went right for them. This was the year that I expected them to kind of drop back down to earth. Yeah. And they haven't dropped down to earth. They dropped down to hell. Yeah. Because they've been way fucking worse than I thought they'd be. They're not even competitive. Like, not even close. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, they got a decision to make for sure, but it's not going to be easy. No, it's not. But it's um, one that needs to be had. Yeah. Let's go to the next headline. We got Justin Jefferson is back.
back off IR. I doubt he plays this week, but you never know. You never know. Jettis is back. Jettis is back. Um, it's too bad Kirk isn't there. I know. But we do see some upside with Josh Dobbs, so I think this is like the QB that spams the wide receiver one type beat, I hope, for my fantasy team. So Jettis is back. Uh, his 21 window is open. Side note, I just saw that uh, Khalil Herbert's 21 window is open as well if they want to designate him off of. I forgot all about him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't because he's on my fantasy team. Uh, he does have, he has been a full participant in practice Monday through Wednesday. Um, they have to designate him out, off of IR if they want him to play Thursday, but they probably won't play. Same thing with Jettis. Jettis probably won't play this week, but next week um, for the people that have Jettis on their fantasy team, rejoice. Jettis is coming back. Um, hopefully he'll get back into form of the mm-hmm. amazing player that he was so people can win their fantasy leagues, but Jettis is back. Yeah, I think he'll be fine. Um, like I said, I think it's unfortunate because they're getting him back on, off a four-game win streak, but they also lost their QB. So, mm-hmm. Real unfortunate. They had a real chance to make a splash in the division, not only in the division, but in the playoffs, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. um, They were kind of bringing it all together. I think Flores has figured out somewhat how he wants to use the personnel on the team. But Man, super unfortunate situation, but at least they got their best player back in general. So um, so we got George Pickens posted on Instagram. I don't even know what the actual post was, but I know it said free me on the bottom right corner of the post. And it was after they won against the Tennessee Titans on Thursday Night Football. How do we feel about this, Steelers fan? It's always tough having to try to make sure everyone is good, um, make sure everyone's happy. We've always it's impossible. I know. We've always known that George Pickens is um, an emotional player. We saw that in Georgia. He literally got in a fight with a Georgia Tech player, punching and throwing helmet off. So he's always been an emotional player um the post that he made it it was um a video uh it was like a meme of a dude he was like fixing his suit and then he just started tweaking like yelling and shit and it said like when you when you've been thugging it out for so long so you generally start tweaking and then it said free me at the bottom everybody's freaking out including me but i was like you can't go nowhere like you're under like, we're not going to trade you. We're not going to get rid of you. You're under a, a rookie contract. Like, you're going to be with us. Um, Tom, when they asked Tomlin about it, Tomlin was like, you know, I'm glad he, you know, Tomlin, Tomlin's always great with the media and his answers and stuff. He's always 100% honest and real. That's what I love about him. But he was like, I like guys that, are frustrated. I like guys that are mad that want to be a focal point on the offense and want to be the reason, you know, why we're winning. So it doesn't bother me. Um, and then a lot of a lot of players, when they were asked about it, talked about how they help pick and steal with frustration and whatnot. So um, I think that the team, it's different than like them pretending they don't know about it or 
glossing over it. But I do think Pickens is a very emotional, like high emotional guy. So when things are going good, he's fucking lit. When things are going bad, he's distant and really mad. But I think that the team is locked in on helping him figure that out. He made a post later like, oh, it wasn't even about football. Like, y'all are tripping. I was like, yeah, all right. But, yeah, I, I think I think he'll be fine. I think this is – I don't mean, you can only be mad at yourself, especially after the game when you could have put two feet in and you got out. So probably wasn't helpful going on social media and seeing all those people cuss you out. Yeah. And people that had you, like, any time touchdown. Yeah, I don't, I don't care if players say I need more touches after a loss, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't give a shit. Like, of course, get the ball to the best players. Like when Stephon Diggs is mad at the Bills for not giving him more than eight touches on against the Bengals on Sunday night, of course he should definitely be mad. When you say free me after a game you guys won, that's where I have an issue. I have an issue with that. Um, I don't think it's really a problem. I think Tomlin probably has it under control. Yeah. I, I don't have any, I, I have no doubt that that man figured it out. They talked to Pickens about it. Like, stop being stupid. You're going to get the ball. He probably, I'm sure Tomlin even said you should have had a touchdown, but you didn't get your feet down and any yeah. other receiver in the league probably would have. So I'm sure he had that talk with him and it was fine. So I don't see it as like a huge problem at all. He's like you said, he's always kind of been selfish and emotional and hot headed, I would say, his whole football career. So it's not going to be a problem going forward. I don't think, unless you guys like fall off a cliff or something and you continue to lose a bunch of games, but I don't see that happening. So yeah, I think that thing will get swept under the rug and it won't even be talked about after this week. I think he'll score a touchdown and. It'll be all fucking Gucci, or he'll get yards or whatnot. I'm just so glad that Deontay Johnson scored. It just was like, so you could see like the sigh of relief, like the finally, like it's. I think it's fucking lit. Yeah, I was about to say, if anyone should have said free me, it's Deontay, not, yeah. not Pickens. Pickens is literally what eight games into his career for the Steelers. Like, holy shit! This is his second year. Oh, it is his second year. You're right. Still though, I mean, yeah, early. Like, like holy two, shit, two years on your contract left. Like, you're not going anywhere, bro. Yeah, no, free. You are. You with us. Yeah, you are not free. <laughs> Locked in. Um, J.C. Jackson is not traveling with the team for the New England Patriots. He actually got demoted to a role player, <laughs> like it's basketball, a role player, um, by the Patriots. But he's not going to Germany with the Pats this week. They told him to take some time, whatever yeah. that means. So originally what happened is, um, I forget where I saw this from. I can't credit this person. So I'm sorry I could not credit you. But this is not me. I did not do any of this because I'm not locked in with the Patriots. Thank God. Um, J.C. Jackson and Jack Jones were late on their curfew from the hotel. I don't know what the fuck they were doing. Great. Use your imagination. So they were those disciplinary actions. That's why they did not play. They did not play like the first, I think, half or quarter um, because that was like the disciplinary action. Um, and then they just told JCO, 
you can chill. You chill at home, figure your shit out, whatever you got going on. Which nobody, you know, unless you're on that staff and you know JC, like nobody knows what's going on. It could be something, you know, mental health issues or whatnot, or you know, family issues or just personal issues that he has, but they're just like, no, we're not we're just not gonna have you come over in Germany. We don't think your head's in the right spot. Um, there's just been a lot of scrutiny and a lot of pressure on JC Jackson because he got the bat from the Chargers, which that's not his fault. He played amazing, and the Chargers were willing to play to pay that money. Um, their owner literally in the press conference uh, like a couple of days ago apologized to the Chargers and like the fans for making that deal. Like that's done. That's wild as fuck. So. Um, hopefully JC Jackson, I, you know, I don't mind JC Jackson. So hopefully he can get his head together and get back on the Patriots and continue to play football. Cause I think he's a fine corner, especially in Belichick's uh, scheme. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. This is the second team this year and he's already doing the same shit. So maybe he just needs to pack it up, pack it up, pack it up. Bill Belichick's not going to play that shit. So he will sit your ass. Obviously, yeah. this week is showing that. Um, all right, let's go to I think is the most interesting headline. Um, Robert Sala had a long press conference today, and he talked about, and he was getting berated about Zach Wilson and how bad the offense for the Jets is because I would say it's probably the worst offense in the league right now, barring the Giants with Tommy DeVito. So both of the worst offenses in the league are in New York. <laughs> but Robert Sala said uh, him and the team are all on the same page about Zach Wilson being the starter, but he has some conflicting um, comments about that same thing on a ESPN New York radio show. He was asked why Trevor Simeon isn't given a chance or starting on Sunday versus the Raiders. And Sala said straight up, and I quote, Fair question. I don't know. I'm going to plead the fifth. Unquote. That is alarming. In my yeah. Plead the fifth. Plead the fifth on your starting QB. What this makes me believe is that the higher-ups, maybe Joe Douglas, because Joe Douglas was the one that took his ass at number two overall in the draft, mm -hmm. is trying to save his own ass. Because what other reason would there to be for him to be starting still. The stats, the film, everything shows how bad he has been and how detrimental it is for this football team. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't understand. There, there is clearly a disconnect from Salah and the team. I'm sure the defense loves to go out there and be on the field the whole game, right? I'm sure there's definitely – they're getting disgruntled in the locker room about this situation. Cause this is, this is how it's been for what, two years now. Yeah. I get it. Solid doesn't want to break up the continuity in the locker room, but I think him defending Zach Wilson every single time on the podium and saying, he's still our starter. He's still our starter. He's still our starter. Like what does that do for the morale of the defense? Like you're going to go out there try your hardest just to lose at the end 14 to three. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't um, see it. It's just very unfortunate um, 
that the Jets are the it's flopped because before with like Eli, like New York media was all about the Giants and Eli's press conferences and Eli's coach and you know all of that. And now it's flipped to the Jets. Um, so Robert Sala is getting all the the hard New York questions. New York media is fucking ruthless. Uh, I've seen clips and interviews of New York media from football and basketball because I pay attention to the New York Knicks. Yes, I'm all over the place in my sports fandom. I, I understand. But uh, I... New York media, they will, they will, I mean, all media really will ask you, like, bro, what the fuck is going on? But, and it was tough for Salah because it's kind of hard going, like, yo, this dude's kind of ass. <laughs> and it's, I know it's difficult, but it's a lot easier to be like, yo, we're, we're working both, you know, we'll see who we like on the game. And, you know, there's no your defense is so good that there's no issue, I think, of throwing Trevor Simeon out there. Unless, I mean, obviously, we're not locked in on the practices and stuff, but I've seen Trevor Simeon play and he's fine. Uh, I think any kind of, I think you just need a fresh QB in there. Um, unless, unless, like, from the time that I've seen him, he's just become a complete moron. I think he is serviceable. And I've already seen him warm, and he wears number two for the New York Jets. Zach Wilson is just is just not good. Um, <sighs> besides, like splash plays, I think that's what dragged people in, especially me. Uh, this from last year, the splash plays. Uh, sometimes he will. Same thing with Jordan Love this year. Sometimes he's just like on it, like amazing pass, thread the fucking needle. How the hell did he do that? And then you can't let that distract you from the 10 8 to 10 plays before that where it was just like bro what were you looking at like yeah. what are you looking where are you throwing that you're doing too much and i just think zach wilson's just overwhelmed and just the weight of being the number two pick and knowing that you're not you're not him i think is this overwhelming for him and i think he just needs to I don't know about pack it up, but <laughs> get out like JC Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I think you. I think just New York is just not meant for you, little bro. It's unfortunate. You gotta have. You gotta. You gotta either be a psychopath or you gotta have the thickest skin ever to be fucking the the starting quarterback for New York Jets. Yeah, I just I do not see the vision at all with Zach Wilson whatsoever. So. I don't I don't think he's ever gonna be a starter in this league after this little stint that the Jets have going on here. So Yeah, he's cooked. Yeah, he's cooked. That was our headlines for the week. Are you ready yeah. to do some mid season awards? Yeah, a little bit over the ha- halfway of the season. So thought we'd do some mid season awards. We got seven. Uh MVP, offensive play of the year, defensive play of the year, comeback player of the year. Uh, rookie offense player of the year, rookie defense player of the year, and coach of the year. Uh, we'll say for our comeback player of the year, uh, we are excluding Demar Hamlin. I know he's the favorite still to win it, but it'd just be lazy of us to put Demar Hamlin. Uh, we're just going to put someone that we've been watching uh, and that has been significantly 
improving uh, for this year. Um, so we're just going to go ahead and start. We're going to go. Mm, let's do rookies. We're going to do rookies. I'm going to do rookies first. Save rookies the best first. for last. Yeah. So for your offense, I think every I think we both have the same rookie for offensive rookie of the year. Um, who's yours? Yeah, I mean, undeniably, I think it's C.J. Stroud. Yeah, C.J. Stroud. Um, C.J. Stroud. I think Stroud it's not close. Amazing. It'd be a disservice of me as a Steelers fan to not have C.J. Stroud, considering he put 30 on my team. <sighs> beat the fuck out of my team. Um, had all Steelers fans, including me, panicking. Um, C.J. Stroud, just from what we've seen, um, I know from when we watched him play against Georgia, uh, a lot of people were like, bro, when did he have these wheels? I think he was just honestly just saving himself for the NFL, and I think he has more tricks up his sleeves. Uh, he's able to hit deep, hit the short intermediate. He's accurate. He can do it all. He's a leader. Um, and I think that's the best quality, regardless of your physical attributes. Are you able to lead men, some men that are almost twice your age, um, some men that are, you know, got families and income you this 20-something you know, your your old early twenties rookie QB and you're asked you're given the keys to the franchise, asked to lead everybody. Um it was a lot of new for the Texans and CJ Shot has been more than able to exceed expectations for me. I thought that they would be able to get their wins. Should have put money on it. I thought they would able be able to get their wins. I think it was like six and a half or five and a half. Um, oh so, yeah, they just need two more probably. Yeah, two or... so they've been they've been doing the thing. Shout out CJ Stroud. Yeah, I mean, I think you and I both had him as the clear best prospect in the draft mm-hmm. at the QB position. Um, I did pick AR to win Offensive Rookie of the Year because I thought he would be the only one to be able to match Stroud in touchdowns, like total touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But with AR injured now and out for the year, CJ Stroud's going to run away with this award pretty easily, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, unless something crazy happens, hopefully it does not knock on wood. If as long as he's healthy, I think it's CJ Stroud's award to lose. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, rookie defensive player of the year. Um, I have uh, Devin Witherspoon or Devon Witherspoon. Okay, uh, yeah, he was my have, second choice. I have Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter. Uh, Jalen Carter. I put Witherspoon in because Jalen Carter did get a back injury, so I don't know what his timetable for that is. Um, if he misses multiple games, I think it's Witherspoon's award. Um, he's been amazing for the Seahawks. I think this was a the Seahawks had a great draft um, this year, and I think Witherspoon is leading that charge for them. Uh, yeah, Jalen Carter to me has been the most impressive rookie in terms of just domination. Mm-hmm. I think he's already playing like a seasoned vet at the D-line position and he just moves people. He is a people mover. I think we all knew it was going to be like that instant impact as a rookie. He's already a day one starter on any NFL team, so that's why I haven't met DROI. Yeah, it's just uh, very unfortunate on the circumstances and that he was being a fucking idiot. Um, yeah. caused him to drop because we we both thought that this was the clear-cut number one draft pick. So it shouldn't be um, surprising that he is dominating the league so far. 
um, it's almost doing a disservice to your team if you have them. If you have someone one on one against him, he's throwing around grown men. Jalen Carter is fucking insane. He'd be my pick, but I don't know how with the back injury. I don't know how long he'd be out. Um, Deval was my second. He's played yeah. lights out. That's a really both, both rookies have been amazing. Yep. Um, comeback player of the year. I have two Tago Bailoa. I do too. I have two. Two and nice. Two man. Love the love. Uh, two has been great from his, uh, we're, we're just glad that he's able to play the game of football again. Um, you know what you're going to get with Tua. And I think as long as he is healthy, he can be really good for the Dolphins. I picked the Dolphins to win their division and they are in the lead right now. So Tua is doing everything that he can to make sure that they get um, some wins and be able to make some noise in the playoffs. And I think out of all of the candidates, uh, I think Tua deserves this award. Um, and we're excluding Demar Hamlin, but uh, I think Tua's done enough to win this award. Yeah, I mean he uh, is leading the league in passing. I think passing touchdowns. I mean he picked up right where he left off from last year after he got mm-hmm. hurt. So, I mean he could be the OP, uh, OPOY. He could be the MVP by the end of the year. So, yeah, and he was. Hurt like three or four times last year. Yeah. And was knocked out of the season. So I think this definitely goes to Tua if DeMar Hamlin wasn't there. Yeah. Shout out to uh coach of the year. I have Mike Tomlin as my coach of the year. Wow, we are biased. <laughs> Who's your coach of the year? <laughs> Kevin Stefanski. Uh, <laughs> I think I I mean either either or I think um adversity. Depending, yeah, depending on how the Season ends, I think, either or big play in winning coach of the year. Uh, fun fact, I learned this like a week or two ago. Mike Tomlin has never won coach of the year. And I think that is crazy. That is interesting. Who were the candidates that won it the years that he was close to it? Was he ever in like the running? Yeah, he's been in the running. Who won it last? He was like second last year. Was it the Yeah, it was the was the day bowl that won it? I forget who won it last yeah, year. Yeah, he won it. He had yeah. Because the because the Giants went to the fucking playoffs. Um but I do think if the Steelers do get to the playoffs, I think this award is Mike Tomlin's. Um not only is he able he's surviving the uh losing record. He's he has never had a losing record uh as a Steelers quarter at quarterback. Steelers coach. Um and he's been he's been Killing it. Everybody's well. We we have to figure out with our picking situation, but he always has everybody locked in. Um, sometimes people question his motives, even me. But I think that he's great for the Steelers. I think he'll be a Steeler for as long as he wants to be a Steeler, and I think he deserves Coach of the Year. Yeah, I have I have no doubt. If I mean, if they go to the playoffs, like he could definitely be in the conversation. I think. If we're doing just a midseason coach of the year, I think no other coach has had adversity like Kevin Stefanski has had in the QB room. Out of anybody in the league, the worst QB play through eight games has been in Cleveland this year. And he has hung in there and gotten to a 5-3 and three record with the hard start that they have had. And I think that says something. I mean, the obvious choice was... Um, Dan Campbell, mm-hmm. 62 for the Lions, but 
to me, they played such an easy schedule that I just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I couldn't pick them <laughs> to be uh, like their division is just weak. Like anyone in the, whoever comes out of the AFC North, just give them the coach of the year. Yeah. I could care less. It, it has to be someone in that division. And Stefanski yeah. has done it with PJ Walker at QB. Two and one with PJ Walker, two and three and one with Deshaun Watson, and 0 and one with DTR. But that was just a nightmare situation with Deshaun and his shoulder. So, yeah, it would be hilarious to see that the coaches that most or a majority of the fans say to fire win the coach of the year. I think, uh, like, bro, can y'all fucking shut up now? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but. This Sunday, Stefanski wins this game. I think we're looking at extension talks. Early. Early, early extension, extension talks. talks. I mean, think about it. Ravens, I mean, we'll talk about it more on the picks, but Ravens are considered, what, the best team in the NFL right now? Right behind the mm-hmm. Eagles, at least. Mm-hmm. Deshaun just got back. They go to the Ravens. They're six-point dogs. We already saw the Browns knock off the so-called best team in the NFL once already. Mm-hmm. Can they do it again? Like we're we're legitimately talking about Kevin Stefanski out coaching the shit out of pretty much everyone this early part of the season. It's been a quite impressive run from him, and I hope Browns fans can finally get behind him. And it, you know what's funny is it's starting to turn a little bit towards Stefanski after the start of the season. There's been, there's media presence that uh, – presence – or what is it? Presence. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like Presence? What am I trying to say? Yeah, yeah, not presence. Like <laughs> media personnel. Let me just go with that. That – uh. Are starting to shift their whole like viewpoint on Stefanski just because of the start of the year, and they're starting to say, "Oh, like Stefanski's doing a hell of a job. He's adapted as a coach." I'm like, "You guys, you guys never saw it to begin with, in my opinion." So, whatever. But he's starting to change with us in the gym. Yeah, that basically (laughs) their the narrative on him is starting to change. And I mean, the next two games are the Ravens Steelers. If he wins those two games, there ain't shit to say in my opinion, on his coaching job, at least. He in it for the long run. I hope not. Yeah. He's a great coach. I hope, <laughs> that, I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, then we're going to go into Defensive Player of the Year. I think we both have the same Defensive Player of the Year. You already like know. Me. Say it like with your chest. Me. Mine is Miles Garrett right now. Um, Say it with your chest. Because of how good that the – Brown's defense has been and usually if you have if your team has a winning record or in the playoffs and you have the best defense, if you're the best defensive player on that defense, you'll most like most likely get the award. Um and I think it's Miles Garrett's award to lose right now. Um he hasn't had an award yet and I think um this is this is his time to win it. Um the only people I th- I can see taking that award from him would be Michael Parsons if the Cowboys do get on a roll, or it would be TJ Watt um, if the Steelers also get on a roll. So we'll have to see. But I think right now the odds favorite is Miles Garrett. 
Yeah, it's just kind of funny that it's always those three the past, like, two years, two to three years. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, Miles Garrett is everything you would want from a defensive player of the year in the first place. And I agree with you. It's just top three. He's on a top three defense for the first time in his entire career. Um, The Browns are relevant. They're winning games. Um, The one thing that I think will happen is he is on the Browns. I don't know if they'll ever give an award like that to a Browns player. We'll, we'll see at the end of the year where the Browns end up. But yeah, I think undoubtedly he's been the defensive player of the year so far. We'll go into offense play of the year. Mine is Tyreek Hill. I have the same one. Yeah. Um, close second is AJ Brown uh, for me, but it just depends on what Jalen Hurts wants to show up. Uh, same thing with Tua, though. Sometimes Tua does not get the ball to Tyreek, and other times Tyreek has 300 yards. Uh, Tyreek is still on pace to beat the record for most receiving yards in a season, which was set by, um, oh, my God, why can't I think of his name right now? Oh, oh my God, why am I blanking on his name? Lions wide receiver. Amonra? No, motherfucker. The great Lions wide receiver. Oh, Calvin Johnson. Calvin. I couldn't think of Calvin. I kept thinking CJ. Calvin Johnson. Um, I think it's like, but it, I mean, if Tyreek can get like 2,000 plus yards, like that shit is crazy. Um, he is the best wide receiver right now. Uh, arguably, you'd be in top conversations for like what wide receiver you would want on your team overall, like through any past of like Jerry Rice or Randy Moss. Like I think Tyree Kill deserves to be in that conversation. Just the yak and what he can do when he gets the ball. He can literally get the ball three, four yards behind the line of scrimmage and take it to the house at any point. Yeah. Dude is just a cheat code, super fast. Um underrated jumping ability. I think he's just sure hands. I think he's just everything for the Dolphins and anything everything for a team. Um, and then finish it out with MVP. And who is your MVP, Reed? I got Lamar Jackson as well. I also here. have Lamar Jackson as well. I knew MVP. all these would be kind of similar. <laughs> I mean, in terms of being valuable, there's no one else so far in the <laughs> season more valuable than Lamar, in my opinion. And I'm not saying that because of what he does through the air. I'm saying it because of what he brings on the ground game. Their run game has been almost unstoppable mm-hmm. and it's yes it also has to do with the o-line but his presence alone opens up that run game so much that it's not even funny like they might be arguably one of the hardest teams to defend in the entire league because he is at qb yeah and, and he's been super efficient when he's needed to pass so mm-hmm. it's different with qbs that just run the ball um, but Lamar has been able to separate himself as a QB that has eyes down the field before. Like, he wants to throw the ball before he has to run. He said it multiple times that he'd rather pass the ball than to run the ball. Um, I don't blame him because getting hit as a QB is probably not fun at all, let alone just like a running back or whatever. <laughs> but Lamar Jackson has been insane. Uh, he already has an MVP. Um, just his story, 
and just how he plays football. Um, he's also an emotional dude, and I think that he's able to he he will be able to take the Ravens deep into the playoffs, which is very unfortunate. Of course, Harbaugh got one of the best QBs late. I think it was the last pick in the first round. So Lamar Jackson is our MVP uh, for the midseason awards. We'll have to see how it settles itself out. I think just with the QB play uh, for this half season, a lot of a lot of QBs have been have had those bad games or stinker games, but I think that Lamar Jackson is the most consistent out of the QBs that are in conversation for the award. So I'm going to give that to Lamar Jackson. That is our midseason awards. I had Lamar Jackson MVP. Uh, it's uh, Both of us had Lamar Jackson MVP. We both had Tyreek Hill as Offensive Player of the Year. Both had Miles Garrett as Defensive Player of the Year. Both had Tua Tagovailoa as our Comeback Player of the Year. Both had CJ Stroud as our Rookie Offensive Player of the Year. I had Devon Witherspoon as my rookie defensive play of the year, and Reed had Jalen Carter as his rookie defense play of the year, and then my coach of the year is Mike Tomlin, and Reed's coach of the year was Kevin Stefanski. So those are our midseason awards. We'll have to compare those um, with the people who actually won the awards, and then when we have our awards. So we'll have to see how how it aligns or where everything split off at the end of the season for uh, our podcast but we're going to go ahead and get into our picks all right the barn burner of a thursday night game the panthers at the bears we're seeing bryce young face what's his name bagint tyson bagint <laughs> tyson bagint uh the bears are three and a half point favorites at home and uh brian burns is not playing for the panthers this week I'm going to go Bears at home. I don't – three and a half seems a little steep to me, but the Panthers are just so bad. Like, I just don't see it. Yeah. Um, for people that want to get that early sleep, this is the, this is the week to do it. That's all, right. these nights, all these night games are fucking awful. Um, same thing with the game that's going to come – that we're going to talk about it coming after this game. You want to, you know, sleep in. This is the time to sleep in. Uh, I'm also going to go with the Bears. Um, I think both of these franchises are dumpster fires right now. Um, the Bears more than the Panthers, at least the Panthers. I think the Panthers do have their quarterback. They just need to uh, just just a specific. You just have a specific quarterback, such as how the Ravens have Lamar Jackson. So you have to tender your offense to that quarterback. So uh, we'll have to see what the Panthers do in the next coming years to do that for Bryce Young because I think Bryce Young has the tools to be an NFL quarterback. Um he's just a unique player. So they have to get it together. Um the Bears, yeah, I'm picking the Bears, but this is a reluctant Bears pick because the Bears are not a good team. So yeah. I'm still not confident in my These pick. are our two worst teams that we have in our rankings. Yeah. So. I'm still not confident in uh our pick. Uh, regardless, um, and Roquan Smith, they asked him how it was leaving Chicago, and he's like, I'm just so happy that I'm not wasting my career on a losing team. And I was like, God damn. That's nasty. If that says anything about being a Bears fan and a Bears player. But I think the Bears will win this. 
Yeah, that's, that's nasty, just nasty. Game. All right, nasty so game. the Germany game this week is not as good as last week. It's the Colts versus the Patriots. The Colts are actually one one and a half point favorites, and I am going the Colts on this. Typically, I would always pick the Patriots because of Billy B, but man, the Colts look pretty okay on offense, to be honest with you. They're, I think they're way more balanced than the Patriots, and I think the Patriots are kind of a dumpster fire right now. So I'm going to go Colts. Yeah, I'm also going to go Colts. Uh, I think that uh, another person we didn't talk about for, I don't think he'll win Coach of the Year, but I think he is an early candidate for next year. Um, Shane, Shane Striken. Did I yeah. say it right this time? Striken, yeah. Striken, oh my God. I see Strickland, Striken, Striken. James yeah. <laughs> um, I think he's a great coach, and I think he has his team locked in, um, which is the opposite for the Patriots. I don't think Bill has his team locked in. Uh, there's a lot of individuals on the Patriots, a lot of me, me, me's. And I think that if Bill loses this, <laughs> there were reports. I don't know how true they are, but they're saying if Bill loses this game, his job is in, like, crazy jeopardy. Uh, which would be crazy seeing Bill Belichick get fired. Like I could honestly see it. That's up there with Pete Carroll. Like just like something that I we wouldn't be like, oh my god, like they got fired. Like what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, no offense to Robert Kraft, but he's getting old, and he probably wants to see the team win before he dies again. So yeah. he's gonna have to make sudden changes. Um, shout out. I'm not shouting out Robert Kraft. He's a fucking menace. Yeah, he's um, a menace. <laughs> shout out the Colts. We're gonna hopefully get the get the Colts done. All right, next game, first one o'clock game is actually really interesting. This is a battle for the seventh seed in the playoffs. And if anyone would have told me these two teams would be fighting for the seventh seed, I would have told you you're fucking crazy at the start of the year. The Texans go to the Bengals, and the Bengals are seven point favorites. I am picking the Bengals because they've been good at home, and I think Joe Burrow's probably going to dice up this defense. I just don't see much after what mm-hmm. the Buccaneers did mm-hmm. against the defense. I mean, C.J. Stroud's going to have to have another 450 game to beat this team, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I'm also going to go with the Bengals on this one. I thought you'd be leaning a little more towards the nah, Texans. No, I'm not people. fucking stupid, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think I think it will be closer than what people think because like mm-hmm. I said the Bengals aren't known for really blowing teams out. You haven't they haven't played you guys, have they? The Texans? No. Yeah. Dude, if the Later Texans in the year. Do they play the Ravens? Let me see. Yeah, they play all of us, I'm pretty sure. I know. They played they them the first they. game of the year. The Texans played the Ravens the first game of the year. Um, I was going to say that'd be hilarious if they were the team to run the table against the AFC Yeah, North. no, they already lost to the um, um Ravens. Yeah, I know the Texans are red hot right now, but let's not forget last week they lost to the Panthers. So, um, yeah, I think the Bengals will get the dub. Um, this is just lining up for the Bengals and all the hype now because they're beating these fucking teams. Can you believe though? Like, if the Texans win that game, they're they take the Bengals spot for the seventh seed in the Dude, playoffs. That'll be so lit if the Texans win this game. Yeah, just an interesting matchup that I didn't see coming in Week Ten. So, good storyline there. Um, let's go to the Saints at the Vikings, a battle of the five and four teams. The Saints are two and a half point favorites on the road. Um, I'm going to pick the Saints. I think they kind of have found a groove on offense with the Taysom Hill bullshit. And I think their defense is too good to let 
Josh Dobbs do what they did on the Falcons. Yeah. I think they're going to um, be a little more prepared. I'm also going to go Saints on this one as well. Um, Reed was 100% right when he said bullshit, talking about the Taysom Hill shit. Um, it seems to work. Um, I don't know if defense is just so don't, annoying. I don't know if they don't remember which white guy is back there, but Taysom Hill always finds a always. He's just lucky and has the nose for the end zone, so he's always guaranteed to like get a score if they give him enough time. Um, but yeah, I think the Vikings just have uncirc uh, unfortunate circumstances, and I just think the Saints will. I think it, it'll be close, but I do think the Saints will get the win. Um, let's go to the Packers at the Steelers. Pittsburgh is only three and a half point favorites. I did not expect that. Um, I I think undoubtedly the Steelers are going to win this game. What are we no talking here? Undoubtedly. I mean, undoubtedly, like twenty to ten. You know what I mean? Like you guys don't score points, but Damn, I, I really thirty, bro. Hell no, you ain't scoring <laughs> thirty points. Maybe ever in this entire year. Easy. Um, I do think I, – I just think Jordan Love's going to turn it over a bunch and they're never going to get momentum on offense. So I'm definitely picking the Steelers in this game. Yeah, it is unfortunate that Mink is not playing. Uh, we also lost our middle linebacker Cole Holmgren to a season-ending injury. Um, but we're going to have Quan Alexander in there to fill in. So I think he'll be fine. Um, this is a – team that thrives off of turnovers and sloppy QB play, which I can see that from Jordan Love. Um, especially if we can get to the quarterback, I think that this will cause for interceptions, fumbles, turnovers, that sort of nature. Um, but hopefully uh, when we get the ball, we're able to do something with it. So I also am picking the Steelers on this one. I mean, this would be a hilarious game for my agenda and the Packers if they beat you guys. Jordan Love wakes yeah. up. <laughs> Sleepy Jordan Love. <laughs> um, let's go to the Titans at the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are one-point favorites. And this one is funny because the Titans are 0-4 away and the Buccaneers are 1-3 at home. So something has to give here. Uh, oh, man. This game is nasty. Is this the game we differ on? Maybe. I'm, I'm going the Buccaneers. Oh, man. I really, I just. It's the battle of the douchebag quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the offense wasn't at fault on the loss last week for the Buccaneers at yeah. all. The Titans still couldn't capitalize when they were given the chance against the Steelers. So that's what's making me pick the Buccaneers in this game. I'm going to pick the Titans. Oh, bro. This one. Uh, I think this is going to be a nasty game, but I do think uh, Will Levis. I think it's going to be like a game winning field goal, Nick Falk walking in, doing what he does, uh, and the Titans get the victory. Okay, okay, okay. This next game is very, very interesting. The 49ers at the Jaguars. The 49ers are actually three point favorites on the road here. What are we thinking? No shot the 49ers lose four in a row, right? Man, I'm really leaning 49ers. But, th but then I saw the line, and they are favored by three on the road. They're saying – they're basically saying the a neutral game, the 49ers are favored by what? Fucking six? Five yeah. and a half? Yeah. 
It's wild considering the Jaguars on a win streak. It is in the 49ers on a losing streak. Yeah, Jaguars are six and two. Mm. Man, I really it's it's hard because like I want to pick the Jags, but I really cannot convince myself that the 49ers will lose four group four games in a row. I know if I can't. If they do, then I think there needs to be serious talk about QB draft question mark. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that at all. I'm gonna pick the 49ers. I don't like I I hate I think Trevor Lawrence is better. I honestly think this Jaguars Trevor team Lawrence might, is miles yeah, better. I think this Jaguars team might be better in general. But they do get 49ers do get Debo back. They're on a bye. They're coming off of a bye. They had two weeks to prepare for this team. I think it's the storyline's too good for the Jaguars to be seven and two. So I'm gonna go the 49ers on the road. I'm gonna go with my boy Dougie P, bro. Uh oh. Going Jaguars. It is very hard to fathom that the 49ers will lose four games in a row, but this season of NFL has been fucking chaos. So I do think it'll be a good game. Uh, arguably up there for best game for the one o'clock games. Um, so hopefully the Jaguars can pull it out. I need to get I need to get back up on my points. And I'll further cement that the, the Seahawks are making the playoffs. Yeah. Um, let's go Browns at the Ravens, a division rival game. The Ravens are six point favorites at home. Damn. Are you are you wavering at all in this pick? I feel like you're gonna go Ravens, but do you think it's gonna be close? Oh man. I think it's like it is so it's it's so hard and so easy, I feel like, to beat this kind of team for the Ravens. It's the same thing as um beating the Bills. If you can just contain Lamar Jackson, I think Stop this the run. Is, I think this game is in the bag, but man. I mean, you guys do not have a good track record against Lamar Jackson. No, we do actually. What is it? What is it? Um, the overall record I wouldn't say is great. Let's see, Lamar. That's what I mean. Oh, but but we have held Lamar to his lowest QB rate of all time. Like (laughs) he's seven and three versus us, so he does have a good record against us. But his (laughs) his rating, he has not played well against us at all. He doesn't play well against the Steelers either. No, he doesn't play well in division. Neither does Joe Burrow. So unless it's against you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna pick the Ravens, but I'm not. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think it literally all depends on Deshaun Watson. This is like first time in a long time of facing like a top three team. Yeah. Everybody on the Ravens are fucking locked in. I think they're on a mission. So Deshaun wants to come in fresh off the healing from the injury. We'll have to see. I think it's going to be crazy. I think this it's is... going to be a hard-hitting game. So hopefully, you know, I don't wish for anybody to get injured. So hopefully Deshaun can hold up and not get injured again and derail your guys' season. Yeah, this is like a, this is a hard one for me because – I know how big this game is, and I know what it would mean 
for the Browns. Like if Deshaun goes to the Ravens and wins this game and has a good game. Um, like we are so back for sure. But I'm not confident in this, but I am gonna pick the Browns to win this game. I'm not confident at all, actually. And losing down. I'm not confident. By the way. And I'm losing not. and losing this game doesn't mean anything. The Browns have no ex this is why I'm picking them strictly for this reason. They Unless have you no- get blown out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could easily get blown out. But my point is there's no expectations at all for this game. We're already six point dogs. We're not expected to win. If we do win, it's just icing on the cake. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if we do win, it shows that Stefanski and Deshaun will end up working out, in my opinion. Like, this could be the coming out party for Deshaun Watson and the Browns. This could be it. This will, if they win this game, they are in the circle of Super Bowl contenders in the media, in my opinion. There was a little, there was a little noise this week on ESPN, on Fox. There was a little noise about the Browns being talked about for the first time in a long time. If they win this game, Watch out, because it's going to get loud. The noise is going to get loud. Unbearable. I'm not going to be unbearable until I see my team beat your team, because I'm tired of losing to the Steelers. <laughs> we have the way better roster. We should not lose to that team. But, yeah, I'm going to go Browns here in the coming out party of Deshaun Watson. Praying oh, on Lord. it. Praying on it. Uh, you were asking for a lot. You got to be... <laughs> On your knees praying. It'll be funny too because if we win this game, watch the defense cause like four turnovers. <laughs> yeah, it, you have to shut down Lamar. That's like, there's no. Oh, Lord. You're absolutely right. All right. Let's go to the first four o'clock game the Falcons at the Cardinals. Man, the f- this is unbelievable. The Cardinals are favored by one and a half point. I know Kyler Murray's back. The Falcons' defense has been fairly good to start the year. Do you do you think Kyler comes in and just starts ripping it? Dude, I would love for that to happen. I don't think it will, but I, uh, it would just add to the turmoil of the Falcons that I need to see. I'm picking the Cardinals. This is lined up for everything for the Falcons to actually use Bijan. Oh, my God. I'm picking the Cardinals, and I think the boost in morale in the locker room for having Kyler back, whether he plays well or not, that defense for the Cardinals has played tough all year, and I think they're going to give Heineke or Ritter, whoever the fuck the QB is, starting issues the entire game. I'm going to pick the Falcons. Oh, shit. We haven't been right consistently on the Falcons. No, we have not. I must try to try to start that streak. God had him. Well, no. Yeah, we picked on the win and the loss. Um, yeah, we always pick wrong. I actually need to look back and see how many times we've been wrong about the Falcons. Yeah, we should do like a we've been wrong about this team and we've been right about this team. Um, Just an yeah, we pick the Falcons. Team. I do think the Cardinals will be better, um, but I think how they're coming back after not playing like real football for so long and you know Call of Duty comes out this week. So man, he needs to be locked in. If he's not locked in, then I think the Falcons can sneak this game out. A, a young Waku field goal fest. That's nasty what you just said. 
That is disturbing. He has more. He has more points than Kenny Pickett. Fun fact: he has more points than like eight QBs. I think six to eight QBs. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That is wild. <laughs> young Young Way Koo is lit. He has yeah eight different QBs. He has more. Points than Daniel Jones, Ryan Tannehill, Zach Wilson, Kenny Pickett, Jimmy Garoppolo, Bryce Young, Geno Smith, Desmond Ritter, and Mac Jones and Derek Carr. That's just disturbing. Shout out, Young Waiku. It's disturbing. Completely disturbing. Um, let's go to this is an interesting four o'clock game. Lions at the Chargers. The Lions are three-point favorites. Yeah, I'm picking the Lions for my agenda. I think they're going to lock it in. Uh, as long as they can keep the Chargers defense at bay, I think they can, like, handily win this game. Man, this Montgomery is just... comes back. It's probably going to be a heavy run. Montgomery and Gibbs. And Jared Goff is just going to be bowling. Yeah, I really think the Lions will probably win this game. But to me, it's a must-win game for the Chargers. I think their backs are against the wall. They need to start making a run here, or it's going to get ugly for them. So I'm going to pick the Chargers in an <laughs> upset at home. Not like it matters. There's going to be more Lions fans there anyway. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's hard for me to even pick the Chargers after what I watched on Monday. That offense looked atrocious. Herbert was getting hit every five seconds. I mean, I'm just like, the Lions' D-line will probably eat up that O-line for the Chargers. But I'm still going to pick him. Fuck it. Justin Herbert is back. <laughs> That's why he wins this game for him. Um, let's go Giants at the Cowboys. This is a run rule. Cowboys might win 42-3. to yeah, Cowboys are going to be lit. We might see. Oh, side note, Martavis Bryant. Martavis Bryant. Oh, I forgot about reinstated that. Reinstated yeah. into the NFL, signed with the Cowboys. He's on the Cowboys. Um, hopefully, we get to see him play some, you know. But I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen this week or next week. But yes, he got reinstated. Um, so, but yeah, besides that, the Cowboys might hang 50 on the fucking Giants, bro. I don't think anybody, especially with DeVito, I think this defense could. I mean, I would be a betting man to bet the defense scoring or the defense having, like, three turnovers. I mean, it might be one and a half dead ass. It might be, like, over one and a half interceptions for DeVito. Like, it's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> um, so this is perfect if you got Dak um, to air it out on the Giants, I think. The Giants defense or it's tough being like a good or competent defense and just knowing that you're giving the ball back to such an incompetent offense. Um so Lord help the Giants and the Giants fan. At least it's in at least it's at at least it's in um what is it, Lucas Oil Stadium. At least it is for the Cowboys, cause Lord. I expect Giants fans there with paper bags on their heads. 
Um, let's go to the Commanders at the Seahawks. The Seahawks are six and a half point favorites. We actually what? picked the Seahawks. I everything in my body is telling me to pick the Seahawks, but I also think Sam Howell's a better QB already than Geno Smith. Yeah, Sam Howell. That's, that boy that's the thing what I talked about with fantasy. Like Sam Howell's six. He's ranked six in QBs in fantasy. He can sling it. Like he his pocket presence, atrocious. But he can fucking sling it. Yeah. Um and it could be a dog fight, man. First week. First week. Um is this the first yeah, first week without Chase Young or Montez Sweat. Oof. I could see the Seahawks getting a good run game going with Charbonnet and Walker. That makes me want to pick the Seahawks even more. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna pick the Seahawks as and well. And they're just coming off a bad loss. It makes no sense to pick the commanders in this situation. If yeah, the Seahawks probably. lose this game, it's gonna be detrimental to that locker room. Yeah. Because they have no business losing this. Um, let's go Sunday night football, the Jets at the Raiders. Why do I think the Jets and the Raiders have the most night games on the year? Well, Listen to the spread. They're hoping for Aaron there. That's true. But the Raiders, really? Um, the Jets are 0.5 favorites on the road. 0.5 favorites? What I'm picking the, the Raiders. I'm also picking the Raiders. Uh, I just saw, I saw a little interview with uh, why, can't, why am I blanking on his name? DM from Raiders. Max Crosby. Max Crosby, Crosby. Max Crosby was smoking a black and mild. Like, wild and the Raiders are wild, and I think that uh, this is going to be the funniest game. If if the Raiders beat the Jets, and it's because of the Raiders' defense, I think you bench Zach Wilson. Like, 100%. In the meantime. Um, but, yeah, I think it will be fun to see uh, Jimmy G and Aaron Rodgers yapping it up. Um, how they're just robbing both of their teams blind with money. But... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I got the Raiders in this one. I think the Raiders are locked in under this new coach, and I think they're going to play hard and get after it on the Jets. And yes. I think they're going to give Zach Wilson hell. Yeah, I think Aiden McConnell's actually not that bad. So I think their offense is moving a little bit better than it was with McDaniels. And <clears throat> I think they'll find enough points to beat this Jets team because of Zach Wilson being so bad. Uh, let's go to the Monday night game, the Broncos at the Bills. Once again, the Broncos have so many night games for what? The Bills are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. <clears throat> the line for Bills games continue to, continues to not match their record. <laughs> they are 4-1 and one at home, though. So, Am I going to do it? I might do it with you. Am I going to do it, bro? I, I can see it. I can see it clearly right now. Oh, man. I would take the points for the Broncos, but I'm going a step further. I'm taking the goddamn money line. Broncos money line. I'm picking the Broncos. Man. Bill's turmoil. They still haven't been able to figure out on offense. Broncos somewhat have some kind of game on offense. Um, 
hats off to Sean Payton. And I do think if the Broncos do beat the Bills, Bills need to have a come in the Jesus moment. They need and to have a powwow. Some people are going to get fired. Listen, I'm I'm all for it, and I'm going to ride this way with you. If you go down for this pick, I'm going down too. I'm picking the Broncos. <laughs> and part of me wants the Broncos to win because it does further drop the teams in the playoff race. So let's go, give Russ. More, give some more cushion for us. Yeah, give some more cushion for our team. So I'm, I'm all for it. Russ needs to cook in this game. The Bills are 4-1 at home, and they play way better at home than they do away. But the Broncos' defense is coming alive recently, so I think they can. Uh, I think they can compete here. I think the line is a little bit disrespectful, dude. I literally did. You see the the lines for the Giants and Cowboys? I didn't even read it. Sixteen Cowboys, sixteen and a half. Yikes! That's massive. They're, this is the most. They're minus sixteen hundred to win this game. Holy shit. That is the most I think I've ever seen from an NFL team. That's ridiculous. That fucking ridiculous. Lord. Well, yeah. Picking the Broncos, praying for the Bills' downfall. The Broncos do pull this off. Man, group chats are going to go crazy. Yeah, no doubt. This is where I'm, I'm, I'm letting y'all know right now. I apologize in advance for the DWC parlays. We're going to have to cook for these night games because, Lord. Yeah, tomorrow's going to be a struggle. Tomorrow, Sunday night, fucking Monday night. All three <laughs> night games are bad. They should have flexed the Ravens, Browns, or hell, even the fucking Texans, Bengals. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is fucking nasty. Lions, Chargers, they could have flexed that one. It was already at four. Man. Yeah, these night games are not good. <laughs> Thanks again, guys, for listening. Uh, you guys can always listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. That is what we're mostly out on. That is what I tweet out. So we are out on those links. But if you listen to Amazon Music, you listen to other things, I'm sure that we're also out on that. Uh, just search up Defense Wins Championships. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at DWC2022. And that's where we'll be posting on parlays and our first touchdown bets. So hopefully we can hit some. If we hit some this weekend, we're the best in the fucking world. If we're able to conduct a parlay that actually hits this this week for these night games, uh, you guys can also follow us on Instagram, Defense Wins Championships 2022. This week 10, we are over <coughs> halfway of the NFL season, and it's going to blow by fast. College football is almost up, so everybody's going to be focused on NFL after that, and then playoffs and Super Bowl, and then that's it for season two. Going on to season three. Season three will be live recorded through YouTube or Twitch. We don't know yet, but it'll be live recorded with cameras. So be excited, and you guys can comment while we're doing the podcast and everything. Audio still will drop out. Will drop out for the ones that don't listen or don't watch on YouTube. So the audio will still be out, but. Great things to look forward to. Um, great, great games. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the one o'clock and four o'clock games carry, so they can give us enough excitement to sit and watch these goddamn boring ass night games. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again, guys, for listening, and we are out. Peace.